Welcome to the Atlanta Startup Podcast. I am Wyzima DK, the new Managing Director of Startup Runway, and I am excited to welcome Yolanda Bates, co-founder of Revere XR. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today, Yolanda. I know I'm excited for the discussion. You are an incredibly dynamic and passionate leader, and I want to share with our audience your vision for Revere XR. Tell us more about what you're building. Sure. So I'm the CEO and founder of Revere XR. I mean, ultimately, I think the grand vision is to be able to preserve history and to make it accessible in a variety of ways. But we're using artificial intelligence, augmented reality, virtual reality, extended reality, mixed reality, all of the above to consider ways to reimagine what experiencing history could look like. And so in a city like Atlanta, where we have so much civil rights history and music history and just really profound, rich heritage in this city, what can we do beyond just reading about it, right? We can have a recreated version of Dr. Martin Luther King in front of his home or in front of the King Center actually teaching history. And we can use AI to make that a conversational experience so it's not just pre-recorded, right? We want to see interactive history simulated in the real world. We want to put it on the belt line. We want to put it in museums. We want it in schools. We want it in airports. All the ways that we can experience the grand history of this city and preserve it so that future generations can have access to it through their education and even teach future generations how to be immersive storytellers themselves so that they can preserve history. And that should just become a part of our identity in this city, that we respect those that came before us, that we honor the history that paved the way for us. And now let's revere it and relive it and revisit it and recreate it for everyone. I love that. I love that. Not only are you being a part of a very important function for a society, which is retaining and sharing the history of the city, but you're doing it in a way that's super cool, super engaging, especially when we think of younger generations. So can you share a bit more about how you deliver in this space with that in mind? Absolutely. I think there's a lot of ways to answer that. I'd say education is really important to us right now. Like the education system is dealing with some serious challenges And COVID wasn't it. It wasn't just it. We weren't prepared for virtual learning. And now more than ever, students feel really disconnected. Like the King Center is right here, literally around the corner from my home. But even my youngest daughter is like, I feel like you and grandma are really excited about this and I'm not sure how to feel about it. Like, what does it mean to future generations if they feel disconnected from the civil rights movement and I recently went to Washington, D.C. and stood in front of the White House. And then, of course, I went to the memorial. Now, I know really impactful history took place there. But how do we engage with that? And I think on an entry level, we start with education and we bring this history into the classroom. So we're teaching kids to interact with XR, VR, AR because it's futuristic technology that's leading the world anyways, right? So why not give them an opportunity to experience it in the classroom long before they graduate high school? And let's give them the tools to understand what it means to create 3D models. But let's also engage them in preserving their own city. Like, what does that mean if they're creating more ownership in connection with their city by preserving history, by researching the amazing things that happen, and then being a part of the discussion to bring it to life? 
So we want to give students the opportunity to become immersive storytellers. So education is really primary. And then we look at Atlanta's airport and museums, really high traffic areas. People come to Atlanta for a lot of reasons. People move here for the film industry. People visit here for the culture and the events. I mean, this is the hub for everything. So why not give people the opportunity to experience and unleash like the future of what it means to engage with our history through museums and high traffic airports is a great chance for people who are in layovers in Atlanta or visiting to experience the history of the city right there in the airport. So we think it's easy to make this accessible. We need the city's buy-in, of course. We need the city to want to be ready to unleash the future in this way. And we're not 10 years out. Like, we're not. It's today, right now. We can use the technology in this way. It's going to be about prioritizing how we want to redefine humanity's engagement with technology. So I believe that we can really promote conscious technology in our lives in a way that's more than just about our calendar, our emails, and what's going to make our businesses savvy, but how we want to view each other and interact with each other and value each other's stories. And I think storytelling is one of the most impactful industries and we don't talk about it in that way. But do you can you imagine what it was like for the first movie to be dropped? What that vision must have been like when when um companies started to create movies and support that industry? It boomed because it gave us another opportunity to experience people's lives and stories. Well, this is the same thing. We can do so much more than 2D now. We can experience the world in 3D. And that doesn't mean giving up the power of who we are um, specifically to digital worlds, but it means finding a really amazing positive human interaction that promotes technology in our lives. And that can be successful. And it can also be um, an amazing, successful business application. It can create amazing revenue and even boost the economy here in Atlanta. And those are things that we can be doing right now. And so that is an incredible vision and exciting vision. And as you said, it's not 10 years out, it's now. Right now. Um, it's something that we can be really realizing now. But I did want to pivot to get to get to know you a little bit better and how you find yourself building this. What brought you to entrepreneurship and then specifically to solving this problem? Yeah, that's interesting. It is a unique story. I'm not from Atlanta originally. I'm from a part of Seattle, Washington. And in the Central District where I was raised, that's where Jimi Hendrix was and Quincy Jones was raised. And even Ray Charles, who's from Atlanta, launched his career in that neighborhood, sitting side by side at the piano with Quincy Jones at 15. Like There's so much impactful music history where I'm from. If you went there today, you wouldn't see it doesn't exist anymore. It was paved over. And 90% of the people living in that city are completely disconnected from the history that took place there. After living in Texas for quite some time, I moved back to Seattle for grad school. I left my corporate career to go back to grad school to focus on the future of storytelling, something that matters to me. And I decided I wanted to focus on my passion in life. At at some point, you make enough money and you're like, now now what, right? And for me, that was like, what matters to me? Okay, I'm going back to grad school. I want to be a part of what the future of storytelling looks like. But I was faced with a huge dilemma, like going back home and trying to show my children the neighborhood that I was raised in and the history of the Black Panther movement and music history, except it was not there. It had completely vanished and it was just condos and there was no there was no more of the connection to the community that I grew up in and that was not something that I could just graze over. I just 
I know a lot of people were like, get over it, Yolanda. Yolanda could not do that. I was not going to swallow the fact that like the history was erased. My grandmother was the first black woman in that city to own a beauty salon. And my grandfather was one of the first black men to work for Boeing. He designed airplanes. Like this is history. I'm not just willing to look over because it's also my history. It's part of my legacy. It's part of my children's legacy. And on a grander scale, you have all these youth who are feeling disconnected from that community and they're not in connection with their legacy either. So I went into grad school with the idea that I didn't know what I was going to do, but I was going to solve this. And I did two masters in communication leadership and digital media storytelling and communities and networks and got really involved in tech. Like, what is the future of technology doing? And I realized when I put the VR headset on, listen, if we could simulate any environment, like I can put this on and I can be anywhere that I want to be in spaces I no longer have access to. I want to experience history. I want people to connect with my neighborhood and see what was so incredible and amazing about growing up in a home down the street from Quincy Jones and Jimi Hendrix and Kurt Cobain and so many other amazing people. And I want everybody to have access to that. And so we look at that now and we say, every culture has stories. Every country has stories. Every community, every city even companies have stories and everybody wants to leave a legacy or be a part of a legacy. So how do we tap into that now? Um, and I went on to do a doctorate uh, or part of a doctorate and then Oculus invited me to speak at their headquarters because I was getting some research awards and some media attention. I spoke at their headquarters about my vision with their technology beyond gaming. We can do so much more than shoot zombies. We can actually create spaces that we don't have access to. So what does that mean? Does that, for me, it meant maybe seeing Prince again or Bob Marley at the Roxbury. I was too young for that or the Beatles or whoever, right? And um, why don't we use this opportunity with this technology to give people access to things? I mean, not a lot of youth have the opportunity to fly to the Louvre in Paris, right? But if you can put on a headset and experience that or the Smithsonian, how exciting could that be? Um, and then Oculus invited me to Oculus Launchpad. I created a prototype, which means, listen, I, they said, prove it. I said, okay, I'm going to prove it. <laughs> and I built a team and we built an immersive storytelling experience. We recreated my entire neighborhood. We filled it up with all the historic landmarks. We put the history of Jimi Hendrix and a lot of other music legacies in there so people could experience it. And now you can do a scavenger hunt and explore historic businesses. I thought about what does that mean for every city? And that's when the entrepreneurship journey kicked in. I didn't initially intend to be an entrepreneur. I was following my passion. I was following what felt like it gave me great purpose in life and what I felt like my children would be proud of um, for me to leave for them. And then they got really involved in the vision. And my children, my 13-year-old created an immersive marketplace for historic businesses and said, we should do this in every city. And it's not enough to just put a door and a logo in a building. I want to walk in, mom. I want to see their business. I want to hear their story. And we did. she did that with our developers. Um, my oldest is involved in a lot of ways too in shaping the vision. So we realized, okay, we did that for Seattle, but other cities need that too. And the vision just keeps expanding. So while we created our MVP with VR, right now we're creating an augmented reality immersive experience that we can offer every city as well. And that is the vision I see for Atlanta. If that means being an entrepreneur, okay, then. And then I'm a CEO 
of a startup and we have a vision to unleash on this city that'll change the way people live, change the way people interact, and even change the school systems. We got to get get a, a bit of this last week at the Startup Runway Showcase Edition 23. And you, which is not surprising, was a, was a winner for our Women's Empowerment Prize. And um, the, obviously, the crowd was wild by your passion, the vision, um, your ability to deliver that and to see the impact. And so um, I would love for you to share a bit, like, how did, how did you find the Startup Runway? Um, actually, let me pause there. And for those who might not know what the Startup Runway is. So the Startup Runway is the leading platform that introduces underrepresented founders to capital and investors. We have a pitch on a quarterly basis, um, one of which Yolanda was the winner for Revere XR. So back to my question. How was your how did you find your experience at this past runway? I'm actually gonna back up and say it's not easy being who I am in a tech startup in a space where I look left and right of me and I don't see very many people that look like me. It's not easy to be the only one in the room. But I don't let that affect my ability to show up. And I faced a lot of challenges when I moved to Atlanta. COVID happened shortly after. My daughter was in the ICU for quite some time. So we never really got back out there in a way where networking was at its greatest. So you don't know a lot of people. You have this grand vision for the city. The city doesn't know who you are. <laughs> and, you know, you're in a space where it's pretty male predominant, predominant and there's not a ton of women that look like you. So it's a difficult challenge. LinkedIn has been my source of connection because virtual learning was a lot longer in my household than it was for the standard household due to my daughter's recovery period. And that means that me trying to find allies, me trying to find support, me trying to find community for entrepreneurship has mostly taken place virtually. So I found out about Startup Runway through LinkedIn. And I felt like, oh, wow, this is something that was actually designed for me. It's for underrepresented founders. It's for tech in the city. It's about unleashing innovation in new and innovative ways. Like, I felt like you guys made the event for me. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, it it felt like um, a welcoming space. I loved that when I first walked in, the sign said like, I'm the next greatest thing in tech because that is honestly how me and my family feel. Um, and it made it easier to be able to interact. Like it was great to be able to meet the mayor and um, look forward to meeting with him and sharing the vision that we have for the city. But it it was incredible to see so many people valuing what I was saying and bringing to the table, supporting it. And um, for you guys to put on that event and give us the chance to talk to mentors and investors up front and get their feedback is priceless. Like as an entrepreneur who is raising funding, having feedback and an ear and people giving you direction and helping you make connections is the life source of the growth of your business, period. I mean, unless it's, that might, might be different for other people, but for underrepresented founders, that's that's the pathway for us is people willing to open the door or help create a path that makes you successful because we aren't always seen. It's hard to find us and it's hard for us to be heard when there aren't a lot of platforms for us to be able to share our message and our vision. 
And I feel like you guys did that in a, an amazing way, which is why I was excited to meet with you again today. So thank you for creating space for us. And the Women Empowerment Award was amazing. Like there are a lot of outdated ideas about what women should and shouldn't be doing. I don't I don't really live my life like that. I I feel like God gave me purpose. I'm living that purpose right now. And I intend for it to impact millions of people around the world. Oh, I got some goosebumps. Thank you. Well, one, I just love to hear from you represent the individuals we hope to um, support and showcase at the event for you to, for, for that to have resonated and meet exactly our goals and to hear from your own mouth just makes me feel like we're we're doing what we need to do and we need to just continue doing exactly that. And so one thing I would love for our audience or anyone in our audience who might be considering pitching or applying and wanting to be about the um wanting to be on that stage, do you have any advice around preparation? One, given that you know the audience, you may or may not have been in the room that day, but as was said, a lot of the feedback was in the room, but you were one of the most dynamic presentations. And so um, I would love for you to share a bit. Any advice you might have around preparation? How did you prepare and how might you um, give someone who, might, who wants to do the same thing some tips? Yeah, I feel like we need a whole class for that. But <laughs> I will say um, there are people maybe nine months ago that would have felt like her pitch was horrible. It is a process. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to evolve with that process. If you're someone that's like, no, my pitch is fine. I don't need to adjust it. Well, your opportunity for growth isn't going to be that great, not just for your pitch, but in this industry period, you have to be able to pivot and evolve. Like we started with virtual reality and I realized not everybody has a VR headset, but everybody has a phone. So people are going to be more responsive to augmented reality. That's a shift I'm willing to make. And it doesn't mean I'm removing my vision. It means I'm evolving it so that it really can resonate with people that will see the value in the work. So can you take feedback? Can you evolve and grow your ideas so that people can see the value in them? Because often what's in our head is hard to translate. And so you have to be willing to consider like people don't understand what immersive storytelling is without me explaining it. People don't understand the power of virtual or augmented reality without me saying this is what it offers us. Um, I would say get involved in every organization that will help you shape your vision and be willing to be a sponge and soak it all up because I've lost plenty of pitch competitions before. I also think confidence is huge. You know, I spent a good part of my time as an early entrepreneur looking for validation and for someone to tell me that I was doing the right thing. Mm, Let that go. It's either you believe in it or you don't. If you don't believe in it, walk away, go get a job quick because you're not going to go very far if you don't have the confidence and conviction to explain why this is important. And if you're just looking for people to tell you, oh, you can do this and this is a good idea, it's going to be 10 times more challenging. Um, And I think for me, I adopted at some point a little bit of an unapologetic version of that for myself. Like, it's okay if you don't see the value in it yet. I'm still going to explain it to you. It's okay if you want to know more about how it's going to scale. Absolutely. I'm happy to share that vision with you. It's happening is where I came to. This is going to happen no matter what. Whether you buy in or not, whether you choose me as the winner for this pitch competition or not, 
this is where we're going. This is what we're offering. There are clients, there are cities that want this. I mean, this is something that I am going to bring to fruition. And we are a reality right here in this city. And we can serve, we can serve the future on a beautiful platter, headset and AR. <laughs> and so okay. I think for the pitching, you know, not everybody has to buy into your pitching, but you have to feel confident and you have to be able to deliver with conviction so that you're not asking a question if it's something you can do so that you're delivering that this is something you can do. And honestly, you have to understand that that time is important. I've seen, so, I've been in pitch competitions where people go over or people um, don't understand why it has to be timed. There's a lot of boxes we have to fit in as entrepreneurs, being able to say who you are how you're going to change the world, why it matters, why it's going to be a successful business in a certain period of time is important. doesn't matter if you think it is or not, you being able to deliver what people are asking you to deliver is the same as having to deliver a client's to, to a client's expectations, you know, and I know a lot of people are afraid of pitching and, and it can be really tiresome, but if you just kind of really get to the foundation of what your business can do, it really helps kind of outline the blueprint. And if you have a strong blueprint, you'll have a strong pitch. If you don't really know what you're doing or why you're doing it or how it's going to make money, your pitch isn't going to come across either, right? So the more you do in really shaping the future of your business, the easier your pitch gets. But make no mistake, it is work. It is it is a lot of work. I cannot, I can't pretend like it's easy. It's not. I've <laughs> I've jumped on so many pitch competitions where I'm like, oh my God, I blew that. I really blew that. <laughs> and, you know, a judge asks you a question and you fall apart. And the reason why is because if you haven't thought about those things before going up to a pitch, then you don't really have your vision outlined yet. Or those are the things that you actually need to clarify for your business. And I would consider doing accelerators because they really do give you a chance to surround yourself with community who's willing to to learn and help and shape your vision as you go. So I'm one of the rice stakeholders. I love that community. Um, being a solo entrepreneur on your own without village can feel really daunting and overwhelming. I love being a part of community of other entrepreneurs who are working just as hard as I am. And even if we're in different industries, we support we support each other and say, go for it. You know, that's good. That's really good. That was a very rich answer to that question. Um, as our, where our time is coming to a close, I would want to hear what's next for you. What's next for the Revere XR? We are really excited partnering with Niantic, um, the augmented reality tech company to do uh, hackathons in different cities where we bring together. Listen, we're defining hackathon a little differently. So we're bringing together community, academia, and technology and building immersive experience products. We're going to be releasing our first augmented reality immersive storytelling product we're calling Immersive Footprints. We just got approved by NVIDIA to do a partnership with them, and we're releasing our immersive product on their stage in March at GTC. I would say what we're looking forward to is sitting down with the mayor of Atlanta, explaining how we can simulate history on the Beltline, in airports, in schools, and allow people to interact with the amazing history that this city has to offer and really uphold the legacy of John Lewis and MLK and Coretta Scott King and even look at all the music history that's happened. There's some rich community here and we just can't wait to show the mayor what we can do for this city and create a preservation partnership 
with Atlanta, where we bring in all the heritage organizations and archival organizations to determine a nice 10-year roadmap of what it looks to continuously unleash history in schools. Um, we're looking forward to revolutionizing the education system in Atlanta, and giving students front seat access to technology, and so they can use it to preserve their history. And we're looking forward to fundraising and working with investors. And we're at a point where we realize it's not about every investor. It's about the ones that want to value the future, aren't afraid to make billions of dollars in the process, and are willing to invest in a version of tech that can really reshape human interactions. Oh, I love that. So any last thoughts, anything that you would like to share? Well, I want to congratulate you on your new role and um, all the amazing stuff <laughs> the Startup Runway community. And I want to support. I think being an entrepreneur in the city is one of the most amazing things you can do. And I'm always going to be a part of this community. And if there's any way that I can support what you guys are doing and help with people who want to pitch and needs, you know, the support to do that. I'm happy to share my story and resources and what's helped me learn too. I appreciate that. And as with so many things, this entrepreneurship game is a, a team sport. So I appreciate you offering yourself in that way. Yeah. Um, so last but not least, how can folks get connected to you? How can they find you? Can you share a bit about all that? Sure. I'm on LinkedIn, Yolanda A. Barton. Companies Revere XR. We're on Instagram at revere.xr. Um, I'm around and always happy to plug people in. I'll bring my headset, happy to show you what we built, what we are building, and invite you to be a part of this amazing journey. Thanks for being a part of the community of courage by listening to the visionary founders and investors on the Atlanta Startup Podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a single episode of the over 200 investors and founders sharing their insider tips and secrets to growth. Our regular listeners tell us we're the briefing room for the innovation economy in the fastest growing region of the country, the South, and when you subscribe, you become part of the inside circle. The Atlanta Startup Podcast is proudly hosted by Valor VC. Valor is a venture capital firm that leads seed rounds in AI and B2B SaaS startups. If you like the podcast, check out more of Valor's programs for courageous founders and investors, like Startup Runway. Over $100 million in early-stage venture capital is catalyzed through Startup Runway's grant-making program for pre-seed startups. Go to StartupRunway.org to learn more and apply directly for non-dilutive capital. Valor celebrates VC Day, the largest early-stage private capital conference in the region, at the end of the year. Top founders, leading VCs, endowments and family offices attend. Learn more at VC.day. At Valor, Courage is the currency of innovation and the heartbeat of our culture. Thanks for listening and join us again next week.